Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the founder and CEO of Hazen Sports Management and Java Ads Inc. He founded both companies as an undergraduate student at Yeshiva University, Sai Sim School of Business, where he's since graduated. Along with representing and negotiating playing services for his clients, his company also assists the players he represents in achieving their maximum off-court potential. It is a thrill to welcome the youngest licensed agent in the world with a player on an NBA roster, Dan the Man, also known as Daniel Hazen, to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Dan. Hey, how are you? How's everything? Great. You know, before you get into your questions, I'm going to ask a real test question. A test Dan. Yes. Dan, do you know who I, I knew you could ask. Do you know who Cy Sims was? Uh no, I do not know who Cy Sims was. Wow. Wow. He's where an educated and consumer is our best, best customer. customer. Cy, he was a, Cy, <laughs> it was it was a discount clothing chain and Cy Sims was known for these ads. Uh, family business. So friendly family business. And Cy Sims story, he once he went to court and no, actually had his name changed. Cy Sims his, story. He had his name changed. This is why it's wrong in some stories I've seen. Even on the website for the company, he had his name changed. It was all in capitals. Wow. And if you ran in a, in a newspaper the name Cy Sims and didn't have the Sims in capitals, he would call up the next day and complain. So that's the model that taught you all about business. <laughs> now let's move on. So, so let's, let's you know, walk us through you know, how you're still in college. You start one business, Java Ads, sell that, and start you know, Hazen Sports Management. Walk us through that. And, and, and Ryan, you know, you, you got to listen to this. I mean, yeah, this all happened in college. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, it's, uh, it's that entrepreneurial uh, energy that I had obviously going to school. You know, you're, you're sitting through all these, uh, you know, management classes, marketing classes, business classes, et cetera. And, you know, you just, you know, you, you, they create that drive in you to just, you know, be successful in your own way. And, you know, you obviously have a lot of time on your hands in college, you know, and, uh, you know, I, was, I wasn't too much interested in, in the whole uh, party scene and hanging out scene. You know, I had a... I had a, a girlfriend at the time, uh, you know, who I ended up marrying in, in June. And, you know, just, you know, with all my free time, I was like, you know, why not just start something I'm passionate about? You know, didn't really have high expectations for it at all, but I, I knew at the end of the day it would be a learning experience, you know, in whatever capacity, however, you know, if it succeeded or it didn't. And, um, you know, just went on and, and things uh, blossomed from there. So, so walk us through that first business, Java Ads. What right. exactly was that, and, and how did that lead to seed money for, obviously, the sports management company? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the uh, Java Ads is pretty much uh, a concept of putting advertisements on coffee cups um, and then, uh, you know, placing these coffee cups uh, in, uh, in, in bodegas. Uh, around the New York City area, and you know the concept was, you know, the business is is is, is a penny business, the business of coffee. You know, you're selling coffee. Your margins are very small, but you're selling them in quantity, and your margins are 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 um, you know aren't too big. But you know, with the quantity, you're able to to make a profitable business. And you know, as part of selling these coffee cups, you know, these vendors had had an added cost of 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 the actual coffee uh, the coffee cup itself. And these bodegas, they weren't concerned about building their own brand. And having their logo on their coffee cups because that was costly. Um, you know, they just had you know uh, regular cups. So I came with them and said, "Hey, listen, I'll provide you with coffee cups. So I have advertisements on them, and uh, you know, I'll save you you know thousands of dollars a year on free coffee cups." 
Yo, I had a very, I had a similar idea. All right. Now, here's the difference. Now, you know, you probably go to your parents and, and your friends, and and they push you and say that's a great idea. You know, being Jewish, you know, every Christmas Eve, I'm, you know, what most Jewish people do, you go, go to the movie Chinese, Chinese restaurant. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying, I'm saying, these containers that you take the Chinese takeout with, you know, for just one month. I think I would be able to sell advertising time for J-Date on these containers. Because think well, about I think we have the movie schedule on there. <laughs> something, of right? right. So, that was my, so now you take this seed money that you make from Java, and you decide to be an NBA agent. All right. All right. So let, let's, let's back up there for a second. So you talk about didn't have a lot of time, you know, didn't want to do a lot of stuff. How much of a sports fan were you, and was it just basketball, and is that why you wanted to be a basketball agent, or were you a general sports fan? No, I was, I mean, I was, you know, obviously I liked all the sports, but I was heavily, you know, in love with, with you know, uh, the game of basketball. Obviously, my favorite team was the New York Knicks. You know, I grew up in New York, and my whole life was, was based around the New York Knicks. You know, my favorite player growing up was Allen Houston, and, you know, I, 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 till this day, my favorite number is number 20. And, you know, everything around my day was really centered around the Knicks. You know, uh, I'd walk around with the little pocket schedules. I would, I would take stats during the games. I was going watching the games, waiting for autographs, you know, outside the green awning, outside the garden. Like, I was like a, a, a true diehard Nixon. And, and I was always scalping, selling tickets, and I was always involved in whatever way I could, I could be with the Knicks. Um, I was really like a true fanatic. Um, and, and that's where, you know, my love, my love of the game really, you know, came to be. And, um, you know, uh, starting the sports agency, you know, out of college, you know, uh, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty crazy story. Yeah, so it's very interesting. You, um, you know, you have something in common with my daughter. My daughter was uh, one of Forbes 30 Under 30. You were a 30 Under right. 30 nominee. Um, yeah. But I remember specifically when my daughter, you know, pitched her idea for this nonprofit she was going to start. And as a parent, you, you're, you're really skeptical. And you're almost saying, right. you know, all the reasons why you shouldn't do this. You know, right. when you go to your parents with this idea and say, Listen, I'm at college, but but I want to be a, a sports agent, uh, primarily right. basketball. What's the reaction you get from your family? Yeah, I mean the reaction is not the reaction you know you would hope from you know family who who uh, you know you know your family's supposed to support you and and always give you your support and you know anything I really did ventures outside of you know the normal realm of life, which is go to high school, go to college, and then get a job, you know, or go to grad school. You know, they're not going to give you the reaction you want. I, I didn't get that reaction from my parents. You know, I, I didn't get the. I always got the question. You know, questioning, questioning me. Oh, will this work? How could this work? Maybe you should stop. And it, it's tough because you know you, you don't have support. You know, and um, you know I'm, for, I'm, I'm first generation American, so you know everything is, has been the old fashioned way. My parents and you know uh, investing money uh, into a business that you don't know is going to yield something for sure is you know is not the it's not the safe route to take, and then it was tough. So it's also you, interesting, though, yeah. because when, when you say, you know, it's not the conventional way, you take a look at the way you built your Rolodex, and certainly right. that is not a conventional way whatsoever. Could you please share with our audience how you went about filling in your Rolodex? Qu- question of, two, do you know what a Rolodex is? He knows what a Rolodex is. You yeah, know, well, um, you know, so the story of how I really started my agency is, is uh, is quite fascinating, but you know, while you know, once I already kind of started my business, you know, I landed my first client that had like NBA potential, and I was Elijah Millsap, and 
And at that point, you know, we were talking about, oh, we, you know, we can get you into the NBA or whatever, but I didn't have any contacts in the NBA. And, uh, you know, the way I was able to, to get those contacts was, you know, one night I went on eBay and I Googled NBA business cards and, you know, uh, a lot of M- uh, NBA uh, business cards, you know, were signed by Greg Popovich and, and other, you know, great GMs, et cetera. People were selling those, those business cards online. So I just zoomed in online on those, on those, um, on those cards and I was able to pull out the way they were the, the the way that they were creating the email. So if it was G Popovich at Spurs dot com, if I wanted to get in touch with R C Buford, I would put in R Buford at at, at Spurs dot com and that's how I started. And then I was able to to figure out how the, the email addresses were were, you know, configured and, and that's how I started reaching out to to teams. Well how do you actually go out and find the players? It's one thing to say you get the contacts with the teams. Now you have to convince players to sign with you. How did you start and, and, and choose the players to single out first, and how did things go from there? Sure. So, um, you know, the way I started was very simply at the time um, I was following, like, some, some college basketball players on Facebook um, of my, uh, my, my hometown team in, team in Israel. The team was called Nari, and I was friends with the, uh, on Facebook with, the, with those players. And I decided, hey, you know, why don't I just reach out to them and tell them, hey, I'm, I'm an agent. Like, you know, uh, why don't you? Why don't I represent you? And and I actually wasn't even agent. I wasn't certified. I had no experience in anything. And and lo and behold, I was able to pull out uh, a couple players, you know. And and these kids all played D one. And for me, like a D one player was like the biggest deal. Like wow, man, I have a, I have a D one player. That's that's crazy. But you know, I didn't understand anything about the game. So um, I ended up, um, you know, rep, uh, representing like five players. And I told these players, hey, listen, like. You know, uh, we have there are D league tryouts, open tryouts. You know, the same ones that Jonathan Simmons went to. There are these D league open tryouts. I'll pay for your travel. I'll fly you around, and, and you know, I, I believe in you guys. And I ended up flying them around. I spent maybe like thirty, forty thousand dollars, and none of these guys were worth anything. They're all, they weren't really good basketball players, you know. But I thought that they were great, and um, so you know, I, I lost a lot of money there, and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And um, Someone on Facebook reached out to me, um, and he had told me that he was a coach uh, for a team in, in Mongolia. And I didn't even know what Mongolia was. Like, Mongolia is a country in Asia, a small country, and he said, we're starting this new league, and I want you to be the super agent. And, and all your players will all be in my league. And I ended up signing all five of these guys in Mongolia. And they all started their career in this Mongolia. It was the first year that this country, you know, started uh, uh, pro basketball. These, guys, these players were making a thousand dollars a month, maybe fifteen hundred dollars a month. I was getting a um, paid my my fee of a hundred dollars every <laughs> every month. Uh, I was probably making like four hundred dollars per player, like nothing. And and this is how I grew. I was able to grow, and and every year, like it was two three years, and I was I was like the super agent. You know, guys like Smush Parker ended up going there. Um, uh, a player like uh, one of my clients, Choo Choo. Uh, who was drafted by the Lakers and ended up going to Denver Nuggets? He went out there. Like I started bringing out names to to Mongolia and really started bringing a lot of awareness for the league. So that's pretty much how things start uh, really kicked off for me. If you just tuned in, we're talking to Daniel Hazen of Hazen Sports Management. You know, you look at the landscape of sports agents in the NBA, and there are a lot of old guard guys. There are also big agencies. What are some of the obstacles you need to overcome to get players to go with you? Obviously, you know, Mongolia is a far cry from the NBA. So if there's this really good player and it's a choice between your agency as opposed to one of the big boys, how do you, you know, try and make that sell? 
Of course, yeah. I mean, the the very clear sell is is the energy that we bring and how how young we are. So right off the bat, you know, like your relationship with us is 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 a real relationship. You know, it's it, you're dealing with uh, an, an agency that's all similar in age with you, um, guys who understand, um, you know, the new trend in in social media marketing, advertising, guys who come with energy, and guys who are going to give you attention. And, and that's, you know, very important for a lot of guys. Guys, some guys are big on, you know, what part of agency there are as far as, like, you know, who else is in the agency, et cetera. And other guys are more concerned with, hey, who's going to give me the most attention? So if you're a player that's looking for, for attention and someone who's going to give you, you know, the time of day, um, then we're the ones for you. You know, you mentioned, you know, about being young and social media. You know, Andrew Honig is a friend of yours. He's a partner with you as well. He oversees right. the endorsements, partnership outreach, brand development, event management, and public relations. Now, this has become a major, major part of sports these days. And you take a look just at Colin Kaepernick and what's transpired yeah. since he opted out of his 49ers contract. There's no right. doubt in anyone's mind that there are not 60 better quarterbacks in the NFL right now. In fact, right. he, he almost had a job with the Ravens, okay? And that seemed to fall apart because of a tweet his girlfriend made. So, right. you know, how do you guys, you know, develop that and try and keep these players in check? You know, one, one stupid tweet could really derail a career, especially if you're a college guy looking to go right. to the pros. Yeah, I mean, I'm dealing, I'm dealing with it right now. I just had a, you know, uh, um, uh, a situation with a player that – I put out a tweet last night, and, and uh, you know you have to do a lot of, um, you know, uh, protecting on the situation and response, and and there's ways to handle it. You know, to address the situation, with Colin Kaepernick. You know, one of my clients, um, you know, is Craig Hodges. So, you know, Craig is is a man before his time. You know, he stood out for he stood up for for the same things that Colin Colin is standing up for, and the whole Black Lives Matter um, thing. You know, and and you know his one his one act. Um, after he won the championship with the Bulls at the White House, you know, ended his entire career. Um, so, you know, in today's day and age, it's very important to, to to filter out what you say and and really, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but a lot of a lot of guys, um, you know, fall in the trap of, you know, not being able to to speak their mind because you know they know it'll affect their livelihood. So, in the middle of all this and building a business and doing well, you decide to go to law school. Why, why did you do that, and how do you think that will help you? As an agent, well, I mean, listen, uh, you know, this business is all about contract negotiations and, and knowing, knowing your rights, knowing your players' rights. So, obviously, going to school is something that's very important. Um, you know, I, I could, I could probably say that you know, going to law school was something that I, I always wanted to do, um, and it was something that was very important to me to do. Um, you know, to set out a goal and, and make sure that I always have something in my pocket, in my back pocket. Um, you know, because, you know, one day, you know, life is like a circle. One day you're on the top, the next day you're on the bottom. And that's something that, um, you know, my mother really instilled in me my entire life. Uh, I actually took a break from, from school um, after my second year just because I felt like, I, you know, I had to focus on this business. And obviously the growth of the business, you know, is growing, you know, very rapidly. Um, you know, we've negotiated 12 NBA contracts over the last four years. And, you know, there are guys who have been in this business for 30 years and never had a player, in, you know, on an NBA roster. So, um, you know, I just felt like it was important to, to put that on hold and just focus on, on, on my lifelong dream. It's also interesting that you mentioned before how you were a huge Nick fan and you hung around the garden and the awnings. I have to imagine that over and above being an agent and fulfilling that dream and getting a guy on the NBA roster, 
this past month, you actually went to Upton Westchester training camp with yep. a player to sign a contract for the New York Knicks. Uh, tell us how that felt and what that was like. That was probably, you know, one of the biggest accomplishments and best feelings, you know, of, of uh, you know, of my life. You know, being in there, being in that, in that facility and seeing all the greats, you know, all their jerseys hanging up, on, you know, on the wall and, and you know, sitting sitting in, in, in the office with Scott Perry, you know, like, that's a dream come true, you know, for, for me. Um, and, and, and it makes me even more special knowing that, that I was, you know, there's a dream come true as well, you know, as well for, for my client, so, for Jamel Artis. So, you know, uh, being there was, was special, um, and it's something I'll never forget, and, and, and I, I look forward to, to seeing my client in the garden. And, and we look forward to seeing your client here. We had a little scheduling difficulty. Actually, Daniel, Andrew, and Jamal were supposed to come in today. Jamal had some uh, prior commitment with the Knicks, wouldn't be able to make it here. But Jamal will come in studio in the next couple of weeks, so we're looking forward to that. Um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we mentioned that Andrew handles the, the branding of a player. So when you have a guy like Jamal who's a rookie, Okay, and might conceivably spend some time with the Westchester Knicks, part of that contract, you know, right, up to, right. I think like 20 or 25 games in D-League. How do right. you go about branding a rookie like that when he conceivably could be spending some time up in, in Westchester and not on the NBA roster? Without that, I mean, like, you know, in, in especially with the Knicks and, and with the New York fan base, like, I think it's very important to bring a lot of awareness of, of, of who a player is. And, you know, these are things that we're doing, you know, building marketing, bringing awareness to, to who Jamel Artis is, you know, get, you know, give fans an opportunity to, to know who he is and to know his background, to know what he brings to the table. Because, you know, all, all, all we need is, is, you know, for Jamel to get into the game and, you know, it's one possession, one dive into the ball, you know, one big shot. And, and, you know, once you get the fans riding on you, you know, it forces, it forces you know, the team to, to start thinking more seriously about how they want to use him. So, um, you know, it's, for us it's very important to, to focus on bringing awareness to who he is um, to the fans. That way when they come to the garden, they, they, they already, you know, have heard the name artist. And, and with that, you know, you know hopefully that will, uh, you know, catapult, you know, with his strong play, will catapult the fans and, 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 and management to, get to, you know, to fully commit. We're talking to Daniel Hazen of Hazen Sports Management. You, you take a look at a player like that. He was a fantastic D1 ball player for Pitt. Averaged 18.2 right. points, I believe, uh, per game. Had 43 yeah. points as a, one, as a, right. in one game against Louisville. Against Louisville. Louisville. You know, when a guy like that goes undrafted, all right, and, and he's your client, you know, What's the timetable? What what happens the day after the draft when a guy like that, who's a big time player, doesn't get drafted? What's the next step for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, so like I could tell you exactly where we were. We were, we were in Midtown in his apartment in, in Manhattan, and you know we're sitting through the draft, and I'm getting calls, and guys are saying, "Hey, 34, 45, 52, 56, 58, 59." Teams are calling. They're like, "Hey, is he available? What, you know, what will he do? Will he do a draft and stash? Will he go overseas? Will he go to the really different draft and?" And take his rise, blah, blah, blah. There's so much movement, and every second there's high hopes, low hopes, and you're like, oh my God, am I gonna get drafted? And the draft that comes in, and then they don't take him, and you're like, you know, you're like, oh, but I had a good workout there. And then right after the workout, I mean, right after the draft, I'm sorry, right after the draft, the phone starts buzzing. The phone starts buzzing, and teams start calling, and they're like, okay, we, this is what we want to do. This is what we're offering. And um, it was kind of crazy because. 
you know, we we had spoken to Miami Heat at the time, and and we had told them that we would, you know, that we were committed to them to go to summer league and whatever the case may be. And then, and we, you know, the second the draft was over that night, we were our mind was set like we're going to Miami, and um, you know, the, the next day we get we got a call from the Knicks, and you know, the Knicks put out an offer that that we couldn't, you know, we couldn't. Um, you know, we couldn't decline, and we told Miami, we're like, listen, you know, this is this is the offer that we have, and this is where we want to go, and this is what's best for Jamel, and next thing you know, we're going to New York. And could be uh, the very last move and a lasting legacy of Phil Jackson, because Phil Jackson's yeah. the guy who brought him in for the summer league, and uh, yeah. and he could have, I know he had a really good workout with the Hornets as well. Um, do you see your agency branching out to other sports, maybe hockey, uh, football, baseball as well? No, I don't, just because because I uh, I'm very hands-on um, and and I I like being in control of, of, of things um, and uh, I don't know anything about any other sport I thought I knew something about basketball and I didn't know anything so you know there's there's no way I can see um, myself branching out to any other sports I want to be good at, at this sport I want to grow in this sport and get better players and and grow grow this agency and we're really still in our infancy stages. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll be something that'll be sustainable for, for a long time. Where do you see yourself in five years from now with the agency? Yeah, I mean, you know, in five years from now, we're, we're hoping to have our, our first max contract NBA plan. That's our goal. You know, right now we're very, we're, we're content with, you know, with the guys we have in the sense that we have, you know, all our guys are all minimum contract players, you know, like we've had players and they've all been on minimum contracts throughout and now it's, you know, we're trying to go to the next step. You know, last year's goal was to get a player, um, you know, uh, in, the, in the in the draft combine. And Jamel was our first player ever to be in the, the draft combine. And that, that was that was for us something that was really important to try to accomplish. And next year, we, you know, we're gonna, our, our goal is to have a, a drafted player. And, and every year, just add one more step, one more step, one more step. You know, these things are, are, are you got to take baby steps. You can't jump uh, too quickly. And, you know, our growth is, is really rapid, but, you know, uh, we can't, you know, I can't see our, ourselves taking that leap of, of just going from uh, getting guys who are who are minimum contracts to max contract players, something that you got to build over time. That max contract, that first max contract will take care of a lot of that $30,000 travel expense <laughs> from that course. first couple of years. Daniel, of we really appreciate it. We, we sure. hope to speak to you many times over the next couple of years as, as more of, of your guys sign. We're looking forward to having Jamal come in studio. We really appreciate your time tonight. It's a great story. No problem. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night, guys. You got Enjoy Daniel Hazen of Hazen Sports Manager.